And away we go. Welcome back to Motor and Millennials with Anthony Lucci and Zach Rothenberger. Uh, welcome to the 10th episode. We're uh, racking them up here. Yeah, number 10. I mean, we're hitting double digits now. You know, it seems like we've only been doing this for a week or two, but it's been been almost two months now. So it's been pretty cool, I'd say. Uh, we've had some great feedback from social media, uh, great feedback in person, actually, uh, for ex- this weekend at, uh, at Door Wars, uh, the race we were sponsoring there. Their dash for cash. Uh, the Door Wars race was at Maple Grove Raceway up here in Reading, Pennsylvania, and it was a great time. Let me tell you, just a huge shout out to Andy and Shane from FRBR Promotions and the whole staff at Maple Grove Raceway. They had some tough challenges with the, an extremely high car count. They had over 350 entries there on wow. Saturday alone, Luigi, um, and they were able to get the race in and some other fun activities and just overall was. They call it a footbreak experience, and it was an experience, that's for sure. It was a great time. Uh, it was great to be back and to see a lot of friends at the racetrack. And uh, they had nothing but high praise for for our podcast, Motor Millennials, which is cool to hear. And it's glad that people like to hear us talk and BS in the garage. Here. Yeah, it's always about garage talk and drinking beers, and that's what we do. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that is exactly what we do, right? We try to talk And race cars. And race cars. <laughs> yeah, race, work on cars, and shoot the shit. That's what we like to do. Um, but yeah, no, speaking of shooting the stuff, um, be sure to check out some of our previous episodes. Uh, last week we had a great episode, a great interview with Eric Paterka. Uh, we've talked about his whole racing and automotive journey from building engines when he was 13, mid, mid teenager, uh, to, to racing junior dragsters, super pro and to his career at Ford right now working on the coyote cylinder head. So be sure to check that out. We'll have to have them back on for an update on those. Yeah, we will. We might have to get some insider yeah. tips and tricks on those. So we LS guys know what to do. To yeah, against. exactly. <laughs> on the drag strip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, along with that, we had an electric vehicle episode. We kind of share our uh, opinions about electric vehicles and what the future holds there. Um, and we also had a recent one about some overlooked muscle cars that don't get the love they they deserve in our opinion. If you guys missed any of those, go back, listen to them, download them. It only takes a second. That's right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so as we roll into this, we got some pretty cool stuff lined up for, for this episode. Right? Some really good stuff. We're going to be talking about people's perception of drag racing, Ooh. which is, I think varies a lot. <laughs> yeah. It it's, really either, it's kind of, it's either black or white, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess, Zach, like when you tell people that you drag race, what do they normally say? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I've had some pretty varying responses, you know, especially uh, racing junior dragsters when I started at 12 and then all the way up through high school. Now, even in my late 20s, I still get similar responses, yeah. believe it or not. Uh, but growing up, the biggest, the biggest response that I got, and I think everyone who listens to drag race is going to say the same thing. Oh, is that NASCAR? Or is, <laughs> yeah. You, get, so is it, you drive in circles or is that go-karts right that's the common response i think it's because of just the marketing that nat and the the weight that nascar holds on you know television sets and uh popularity whereas nhra um and other drag racing circuits might not be on your your living room tv on the weekends Mm -hmm. um so i think that goes to a large part of it but yeah it's just interesting like no one really knows unless like your family has brought that up you know like our families have right no one really knows about and that. It's interesting because I watched like an old uh, drag racing. I, I, 
program. I think it was on YouTube not too long ago. And like it was from the 50s when drag racing was becoming very prominent and starting to grow. And it seemed that like back then it was like the the newest, hottest thing out. Like that was growing. But then it seemed like it lost its steam. And I, I think probably in the mid 70s, that's when it started to kind of die off, right? Because of uh, vehicles started changing and performance was not um, was nowhere to be found in a new car, in a, in a new car showroom anymore. Right. So it, it kind of changed a lot. Um, and especially today, um, I mean, th- there are a lot of performance cars out there. Um, but drag racing is not really, um, it's not talked about amongst our youth really anymore. No, amongst the general public. Yeah. Uh, that too. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really isn't. I mean, in the drag racing world, I mean, like we've touched on last week with Eric, you know, bracket racing right now, for example, is probably, this is the best time in bracket racing, I would say with all these big money races and, um, you know, all that good stuff in the bracket racing and drag racing world from a, a local perspective. Um, speaking of local, how about a shout out to Jeff Sarah for winning $1 million footbreak race, uh, the other day. So that's, that's not footbreak race, just a million dollar race in general. So down in Memphis, that was, that's awesome. Um, but yes, no, speaking of that, like we said, in the racing community, it's booming, but outside the racing community, community, no, no one seems to get it. And I, yeah. I think it's, it goes, like we said, about the marketing and all that of like NASCAR over NHRA. And it's also just because of the popularity, I think of other professional sports too. Well, and I think the, yeah, just like you're saying, I, a lot of people have always said to me, Oh, well, racing is not a sport. Right. And I just don't think they get it. Like they, they don't understand the strategy and the skill that goes into it. Um, I would even say that drag racing is more challenging than a lot of other sports that are well-known. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny when you said that when people say it's not a sport, I instantly just got my blood pressure just <laughs> because that's another thing that I hear is what I heard as well growing up. Yeah. It's not a sport because the car's doing quote unquote the work. But that's um, not true. It's about the driver too. Right. There's a lot to yeah. it. And, you know, in a sense, it is a team sport too, right? Like you're, you know, unless you're the one building, tuning and racing the car on yourself. Yes, that is technically you. But um, a lot of times there's other people behind the scenes helping, you know, whether it's, you know, you're someone lends you their trailer to take your car to the track. Uh, someone helps you tune the car, work on the car. Right. There's a lot more than just one person. You just don't snap your fingers and go down the track and win races. No. I mean, we were talking about that with the Eric yeah. on, the, on the other episode, that it, there's a lot that goes into it in seat time. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of strategy, and every little thing you do matters. Yeah. You know, it, you, you, you can't just – one thing you do wrong can ruin a whole race. And you can't also just stra- put yourself in an 800-horsepower car and go d- down the track. Like, you have to learn how to handle the car and, more importantly, be consistent. Yeah. And that goes with the car and the driver. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And uh, one thing that I am, am big on is honestly, is just sitting in the car in the garage and visualizing the race and doing a blindfold test and making sure yeah. you know where all your switches are and where things are. Cause it's also dangerous too. You have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared for the worst to a point where it's not a thinking, it's not a thinking thing when you're going down the track, it's just a reaction. Like second nature. Right. Yeah. It's a second nature. You have to be prepared for the worst and you know you have to respect the speed that you're you're laying down on the track yeah because you got to remember when you're going 130 miles an hour at the top end of the track and that's slow in comparison to some cars on the drag strip right but your body is moving at 130 miles an hour 
yeah. as well. Yeah. Not just the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're feeling G forces too. I mean, I know like in top fuel, what is it? Seven or eight G forces. Yeah. A lot. Um, I think in like a super pro dragster, it's like two or three, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's something it's still, it's a rush. I mean, I got my license in a super pro dragster and tunnel vision is real. It's real thing. <laughs> it exists. It exists. Uh, you know, until you get used to the car and you're more comfortable, but just some other things, it's like anyone who races or if they don't race, that's listening. Yeah, you need to cut a reaction time. Like the the tree drops, and you need to make sure you have a good reaction time yeah. before the you know. For those who don't know, that's when you need to leave right when the light turns green. You can't stare at the green light and then go. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and that takes practice, like any sport. I mean, mm-hmm. what sport do you know of that doesn't practice? Yeah, like you have to practice, right? Right. right. No, exactly. And you know that starts with again, like I talked about, visualizing your run, visualizing yourself in the car, and just sitting in the car and visualizing everything and. Yeah, using a practice tree uh, at home to no. to practice your timing. Um, you know, with bracket racing, the top end is is another big thing. You mm-hmm. know, you don't want to break out when you're dialing in your car, uh, so you need to know. You know, if you need to hit the brakes or if you need to walk the gas pedal a couple times. And there's two ends of the track. Like we talk about the reaction time at the front end of the track, and then the back end of the track is the top end where you know you don't want to break out. You have to look at the other car when you're going. 130 or 170 right. miles per hour and make a judgment decision. If I need to let go of the gas pedal, tap brakes, you know, throw a head fake. So they maybe <laughs> brakes. Uh, there's a lot of strategy involved. Right. Plain and simple. And I think another perception is a lot of people either think like a car is like fast or slow, mm-hmm. but like you would build two cars completely differently and they could still run like a, say a, a 10, 10 50. Right. Mm-hmm. And the margin of victory could be, so slim you're talking you know ten thousands of a second or inches mm-hmm. at the top end of the track yeah right yeah no ex- exactly right and uh you know for example the nova that my dad and i had built that car weighed only like 2300 pounds with me in it yeah it super was all fiberglass body and we had a small block and we were running 960s in a quarter mile whereas someone could have a full-bodied chevelle with a 555 big block running the same thing like if there's totally different uh formulas if you will right. to get to a certain et and consistency um you know and just some other things that require skill for all the no skill people out there in the world is you know for some classes you have to shift the car right so you need to be quick on your shift light you know you, you have to keep the car in a groove that's if you have so much power on the ground sometimes your car wants to wander or if you're on a marginal track the car wants to wander towards the wall or the center line or right. the other car. And you have to make sure you're using your, your right, uh, reactionary, you know, I had that happen to me once I had the Did rear it? end kick out on really? me right after the starting line. Really scary as shit. Yeah. how that feel? <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> but you are like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, you catch it. And yeah. yeah, that's the thing is like catching it before it's too late. Yeah. That's cause that's the, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a judgment call. Yeah. It's a judgment call. Exactly. And that takes a lot of skill. Yeah. And, and I'm not even a well seasoned drag racer by any means. <laughs> no, but you've, you have experience, you've been down the track, yeah. you know, and, uh, you have to use your head and it's about not only protecting yourself, you obviously want to protect your car, but it's also about protecting the person in the other lane. Yeah. It's yeah, everyone around you. It's dangerous. So it's not like, you know, it's not like you just go in and, hit the gas pedal no. and you just point the car. That's, no, unless you're driving the, the hoopty, the old Buick LeSaver. Like, that's all right. That I, I do remember to, that. Well, would you run the quarter mile with that car? I think a <laughs> 17, eight, 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. consistent. Hey, you did win, I think, a couple rounds. I got to almost to the semis. <laughs> yeah, you I did. think, or, or close to it. Yeah, yeah, you went some rounds in the hoop. <laughs> hey, people were yeah. people were distracted, I think. It was uh, an 81 Buick LeSabre with a 231 V6, and the car probably weighs... Six thousand yeah, pounds. It was, it was a boat. That, that <laughs> has no power. To too. You had to put a, a chalk behind the. Oh yeah, plate. because the emergency brake didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I mean, um, so I guess Zach, what are some other perceptions you've heard? I I, I think you got some some pretty funny ones that we've uh, you've heard oh, over geez. the course of some time. Yeah. So back when I was when I was single, um, about two years ago, you know how the old how us millennials use the dating apps right. to, to meet our significant Even owners. the motor and millennials use them. Yeah, even the motor and millennials, we, we, we do it. We did it. So <laughs> um, I, I had in my profile that, you know, I drag race and I had a nice young lady, we'll say. Um, that's said, what you want to call her. Yeah, that's what we'll call her <laughs> before I block her. She said, what she said, so you dress up in drag and race in high heels, like run in high heels? <laughs> This is a literally. I'm not making this up, people. She thought that I dressed up in drag, which for those of you who don't know, means that I wore like a dress and wore high heels and raced against people, like running against people. Yeah, that's that drag racing at its purest form. Yeah, that's that exactly right. Yeah, single horse. Actually, I hear that's a new class that's coming out. Oh, really? Oh, that's for two million dollars. Oh, wow! God, God help us all. If that's the case. Um, yeah. So, needless to say, I say the perception when you have people in millennial that's age sad that aren't exposed to cars and racing. <laughs> when they think that's what drag racing is, that's that's a shame, and that's what we're here trying to promote people not to. That's not what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that person needs uh, they need a cup of nitro. Someone yeah. needs to pour out their coffee and pour some gasoline in their yeah. coffee and yeah. wake, wake them up a little bit. They really do. They need, <laughs> they need something, you know, maybe stand next to the car and let the car blow the dress up for Christ. Yeah, sake. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But um, another thing, I know we were talking about this and we talk, talked about the high school challenges is that, and let's get, I'm going to get your opinion is it not being a school sport, right? So right. people in high school, like I, I know for me, when I raced junior dragsters in high school, I always, I didn't feel self-conscious, but it was always like when I said that I raced junior dragsters, they were kind of like, what? And they thought it was like weird in a sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, Zach, we've been friends for how long, you know, long time and probably a lot due to being around cars. Yeah. We, we gravitated to one another to yeah. be friends because you always kind of feel like an outcast, yeah. you know, an outsider um, that you're weird or i mean i i remember in grade school people making fun because you're into cars and right. stuff like that you know it's like mm-hmm. well yeah i'm just doing cooler stuff than you are right exactly. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah i mean i i think that that's that's a big thing is that um the schools never promoted it um mm-hmm. because i'm sure back in the day there was a lot of illegal street yeah. racing which i understand but like the high school challenge like you were talking about at maple grove that's a great event, and it's it'd be great if more schools got behind that and encouraged because there's a lot of safety that's taught, yeah. Especially with new young drivers on the road too, with drag racing, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's a shame that at least specifically our school did not get behind yeah. it. Yeah, and, and that's a good point you mentioned about safety too. Is I think what drag racing promotes is you respect the speed and you right. in a controlled environment on the track. Exactly. You're less likely to do it down the street or in the school parking lot or you know things like that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we 
I mean, heck, we were a two-man team, and we brought our school. I think we finished in second place in the high school challenge. Yeah, what did you have? You had uh, – what year was that car? It was the GXP in 2006. 2006, yeah. Yeah, yeah but we we finished second. Our school finished second, meaning us, <laughs> in the high school challenge. Right. And our school didn't, didn't acknowledge it. Where I, I know others, public schools acknowledge it, but our private school won't say the name. And they said that it. they didn't want to even announce it yeah. or anything. Yeah. Because it promoted street racing. Right. Yeah. How's it? We're, we're in a controlled environment, yeah. right? When we're on a drag strip legally, mm-hmm. and you came in second place representing the school, yeah. and they want nothing to do with it. Yeah, right. Fine young, fine young men like us yeah. representing the school. They didn't want to we should have put three or four big letters in front of that school name when we signed up under their <laughs> name, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. We, we should have. But, uh, but hey, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it, it gets suppressed a little bit in a sense from schools and, and other areas. But again, that's kind of what we're here for. We're trying right. to level with everyone and help promote it. So speaking of helping promote it. So how, how do we build awareness with this? Yeah. And how do we change the perception of mm-hmm. dressing in drag? Yeah. Geez. Dressing in <laughs> drag and racing in high heels. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't, I mean, the, that person's a goner. I mean, but yeah, well, I blocked that person. Right, I didn't even respond. I hope everyone realizes this. I did not. I did not respond. Yeah, to you gotta you gotta run the other way. That garbage. Yeah, <laughs> but no, really. I mean, I think the big thing is getting people to the track that haven't been to the track before. I mean, I know a handful of people that I brought to the track. Once they go, they get hooked, mm-hmm. and they ask to go again. And I think that's what's important because you have to be in the, the environment. Um, you have to be able to, you know, hear the cars live and walk past the car with a, a huge camshaft and yeah. feel that your heart, it, you know, it pounding through your body. And then also the smell of racing fuel yeah. and burning rubber. I mean, it's the whole nine yards really, or let's say 1,320 feet. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. <laughs> but the whole experience, you know, at the at the drag strip, and that's what it's all about is you know getting people to the track. Um, you know, what about what is what do you think? What are some other ways we can get people to change their perception? Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And uh, a little thing is like, hey, race your street car, right? You know, see, and even if you run uh, eighteen seconds pass just see what it's like yeah you get an adrenaline rush um it's addicting in a sense you know in, in a good way um and just something like that and it kind of promotes what it takes to do it um that adrenaline rush that, it, that you know you feel going down the track and i think it just that on its own sparks yeah interest and it's i mean the barriers to entry are fairly low i mean you pay your entry fee and you know the sport itself can cost money with how radical you get obviously right. but right if you want to start out, it's really not super hard to get into. And, um, I think people need to give it more of a chance for sure. Yeah, no, like you said, I mean, race your street car. I mean, I raced a, a LeSabre that did 17.8 seconds. Yeah. I mean, you know, like any production car today does faster than that, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you, and you don't have to be going, uh, you know, 300 miles an hour to be having fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you start out, you learn some skills and, tricks and techniques and and then you know either you upgrade your car you build another car you know and i think once you get like even just one round win under your belt it changes because it's like then you know like hey this is kind of cool like i just want to race yeah 
you know? Um, and I think that gets, that's where it starts to get addictive. Yeah. That, that competitive edge that the sport of drag racing right. has, it's like, you get that taste with that one time. Yeah. You want to see the wind like come on every time. Exactly. You know? It's uh, and it keeps bringing you back for more. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no. And uh, speaking of bringing you back for more, be sure to tune in for our next episode, the following which next will be next Wednesday um, and every other Wednesday to come after that. Um, and also be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we're the motor millennials and Again, we appreciate everyone tuning in and keep spreading the good word, folks. Drag racing is alive and well, and let's keep it pumping. Keep on motoring. Hit it.